You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hey, 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 this is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast. We're continuing with the Easter story or the e- overview of Easter in the scripture. And I want to do something pretty interesting today. So I wanted to break down um, the days of the Holy Week, but also at the end, I want to share with you the narrative of the um, of the betrayal, the Passover, the Last Supper, the trials, all the way up to the crucifixion through the eyes of Matthew. So we're going to play the audio at the end of the podcast, but I wanted you to kind of see the events leading up to it so that you can have a better understanding of the last few days before the crucifixion and the crucifixion according to the gospel of Matthew, right? So, um, That's what we're going to do today. Let's get started. My name is Lee Fuller, and thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I'm excited for um, the Easter week, the Resurrection week, and or the Holy Week, as many people have come to call it. And just going through this has allowed me to see various things about the gospel and just to rehearse um, all the things God did and the cost of our salvation. You know, I see why certain things are celebrated each and every year, right? Particularly Easter, because it helps us to see the sacrifice, help us to see how an innocent man um, became the sin offering for the world, right? John said, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So what I want to do today is I want to break through the first couple days of the week and then again, play the audio. So Palm Sunday. Now, some people may say, hey, what's Palm Sunday? Well, Palm Sunday, um, in the beginning of the Holy Week, Jesus um, came into Jerusalem. Now, uh, in order for you to have context, and this is in Matthew chapter 21, in order for you to have some context, you need to understand that Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead and information and the fame of Lazarus is is um is spreading, right? A man, Lazarus, had been raised from the dead, and Lazarus has been dead. Lazarus was four days dead, right? So we know that this drew a lot of attention to Jesus' ministry. I'll read it to you. Matthew 21, 9 through 11. It says a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The the crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven, right? So here is what we see happening. The people are shouting Hosanna, and this is called by many the triumphant entry. Um, Right now, we know from scripture, and the reason I want to go through Matthew is because as Matthew's going through this, he's sharing how Jesus is fulfilling um, parts of the law. This was prophesied in Zechariah 
uh, 9.9, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the file of a beast of burden. So we see Jesus is fulfilling these prophecies on this final week. So they're celebrating Christ's coming. So this is the Palm Sunday. So I don't know if you've been to certain services where they hand out palms and there is the reeds. So this is um, part of the Holy Week. This is Palm Sunday, but this is also fulfillment of Zechariah 9.9. Okay, so that's what happens on Sunday. Hosanna is celebrating Jesus. It's amazing, right? Now, on Monday, Monday, Jesus comes into, and this is in Matthew 12. Um, this is in Matthew 12, or Matthew 21, verse 12. We see, here we go. Matthew 21, verse 12. On Monday, Jesus clears the temple. Now, watch this. Jesus entered the temple, drove out all who sold and bought in the temple, and overturn the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves, right? Now watch what happened. So Jesus clears out the temple, right? Hey, my house shall be a house of prayer and you've made it a den of thieves. And then in verse 14, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed him, right? So what I think is awesome about this is we see that Christ is not only coming in the city of Jerusalem as a king on Sunday, <coughs> on Monday, he is cleaning the temple. He's clearing, he's making space for God. And after he cleared out the money tape, the money changers and, and those that were buying and selling and cheating the people in the temple, the blind and the lame were able to come into the temple and Jesus healed them. So the work of the ministry, the work of the house of prayer was being done once he cleansed the temple, right? So we just see how Jesus is showing his authority, um, not only uh, coming into the city of Jerusalem, now he's showing that he has authority and power within the temple, okay? Um, not only to clear it out, to clear out and um, establish the sanctity of the temple, but also to heal the lame and heal the blind, right? It even say that the children begin to recognize and see what's going on. And they said, behold, the son of David. The children begin to realize that there was something different about Jesus. And he was, in fact, the son of God. So this happens on Monday. Now, what happens on Tuesday? Okay. So on Tuesday, uh, we see that in 21 verses 18, right? In 21 verses 18, we see um, first Jesus comes back into the temple. Well, if we scroll up a little bit, we see that after uh, they were praising him and crying out to the temple, Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, he left them and went to the city of Bethany and lodged there. He went, stayed the night, and then he came back in the morning. Okay, this is Tuesday morning. He was returning to the city. He became hungry and saw a fig tree. Um, now, many of us know the story of the fig tree, but what happened is 
Um, by the wayside, he went and found nothing on it, but only leaves. And he said, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. And I believe he's showing uh, many times in the Old Testament, uh, in Jeremiah and also in Isaiah, uh, the people of Israel were likened to fig trees, right? Those that didn't bear fruit. And what Jesus was showing is the thing that wasn't bearing fruit would wither, right? And I believe he's speaking about, um, it's an allegory. It's a picture of, um, of how even though Israel was supposed to be this fruit giving, this fruitful nation, they had denied the Messiah, right? And because of that, uh, their religious system was going to wither, right? So we see Jesus cursing it. It should have been fruitful, should have been supplying nourishment for the people, but the religious system was withering, right? So um, and then Jesus comes back to the temple on Tuesday. Again, we're on Tuesday. And um, the, he entered the temple. The chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I will ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I'll also tell you by what authority, right? So Jesus is pushing back on them. And during this teaching, and we're not going to go all the way into that, during this teaching, go back and read it. This is fascinating what he's doing on his last week, right? On Jesus' last week on the earth, he is pushing back on the religious society. He's pushing back on the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin showing that he is about to disrupt this whole structure, right? He tells the story of two um, sons. He tells these parables. One's the story of two sons, the parable of the tenants, and the parable of the wedding feast. We see that in 21 and then going on into 22. And when you look at each one of these parables, Jesus is saying how I gave Israel the opportunity and now, um, and they have killed the prophets. They've not been obedient, not doing what God called them to do. So God is raising up uh, the king. Um, he's establishing his kingdom on earth through the person of Jesus Christ versus through um, uh, only the nation of Israel right? He's expanding his ministry. And I see, wow, this is what Jesus is doing. He's showing his authority even over the existing religious system. Okay. Don't miss that. Um, he's showing that he's fulfilling the prophecy and that he is in fact the king uh, and that he has authority over the existing religious system. This is going to be important, right? Um, so this happens on, on Tuesday. Now, I want to go to Wednesday, okay? On Wednesday, certain thing happens. Um, on Wednesday, Jesus' body gets anointed by the woman, and then Judas agrees to betray Jesus. So what I want to do is I want to um, go over to, uh, it's Bible.is, right? They do a dramatic reading of Matthew 26. And today on this, um, uh, I'm going to play Matthew 26 and 27. Why? Many times we've heard the story of Easter or bits and pieces, but 
Uh, not everybody has read in one particular gospel the story of Easter, right? So we're going to go through and see the things leading up to it and um, all the way up through the burial, right? And I want us to cover that and just listen to it and hear the story of Easter from the Gospel of Matthew. I pray it'll be a blessing to you. And this is Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, according to the Gospel of Matthew. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that up right now. Okay. And let us hear the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew. 26. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that moment he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again for the second time he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So, leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one who will kiss is the man, seize him. And he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father, and he will at once send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled, that it must be so? At that hour Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out as against a robber, with swords and clubs to capture me? 
Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas the high priest where the scribes and the elders had gathered. And Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside he sat with the guards to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so, but I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy! What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death! Then they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it, with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Matthew 27 When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate the governor. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed, and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. 
Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas! Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified! And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified! So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children! Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him, and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, <laughs> Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, and took the reed, and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, and put his own clothes on him, and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. 
and those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests, with the scribes and elders, mocked him, saying, He saved others. <laughs> he cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. <laughs> And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli! Eli! Lama Sabachthani! That is... My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. There were also many women there, looking on from a distance, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that impostor said while he was still alive, After three days I will rise. Therefore, Order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers? Go, make it as secure as you can. 
So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Wow, wow, wow. <clears throat> I wanted you to hear it. Um, because, first of all, many times we've heard the story of Easter, but haven't actually read it in one gospel of the Bible. So this is according to Matthew. Um, uh, it's You can also read the account in Luke. You can read the account in Mark. And you can read the account in John, right? But I wanted you to, and I encourage you to do so. Go back and read um, the gospel, the crucifixion, the trial in each of the gospels, because you can see different nuances, right? You can hear about the criminal, the thief on the cross, or you can hear about um, uh, more in depth about what happened during the crucifixion and different things. But what I want us to see is that Jesus being the king of the Jews, was ridiculed, he was mocked, and we see in the garden, he was in agony, preparing for what God had called him to do. And during this Easter week, during this resurrection week, what helps us appreciate the resurrection is understanding the crucifixion and the reason he came. Right. And I just want to uh, share that with you in this podcast and this episode of the Bible in real life, because I want you to hear um, how. You know how we many believers, we believe that Jesus is the king of the Jew. He is the king. He is our Lord. This title wasn't earned lightly. Right. Um So that's really, uh, I want us to take this time, you know, and experience what Jesus had to go through. Um, And I purposely stopped it here, right? We know, uh, and I encourage you to continue reading, we hear about the resurrection, but I wanted us to see in the moments leading up to the cross, Okay. Hopefully this has been an encouragement to you to feel the weight of your salvation, to see the cost that it, um, see the price for our salvation. Um, Paul talks about how great a salvation we have. A lot of times when we sit back and reflect on what Jesus had to endure in order to accomplish that salvation for us, it should cause us to lean more heavily into um, all that God is. It should cause us to say, thank you, Lord, for paying the price for my sin. Even in the text, right? What do they accuse him of, right? Yet he bore my sin and I have been given his righteousness according to um, of First Corinthians five seventeen, I believe. All right. Well, that's what I have for you today. Next week, we're going to talk about the resurrection. Okay. This week we covered the Holy Week all the way up unto the crucifixion, and next week we're going to read and probably hear the glorious resurrection and understand the implication that it has for us as we live out the Bible in 
real life. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're encouraged to go back and read the other gospels, uh, not only during this week, but also see the story here in the Bible, the record of Christ's resurrection. Don't just rely on messages or what others have to say about it. Go actually to the Bible and see how the Bible depicts the resurrection and the crucifixion of Christ. Okay. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that. If you haven't shared the podcast, make sure you do that. If you see the um, podcast or episodes on social media, the Bible in real life on Instagram, Bible in real life on Facebook, etc. Um, like the post, comment, and let us know uh, that you're enjoying uh, what we're putting together. And hopefully, um, as we see the week, if we as we see Christ's final week in preparation for his sacrifice, we have a greater appreciation for all that Christ did for us. And let us be encouraged to live for him this week. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. This is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast.